Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. The rookie out of Central Florida, Gabriel. Gabriel takes it at the 15. Reverses field. Finds some running room. Now to the outside, and this could be a touchdown. We run 40-yard dashes. Marcus Dash. 40-yard dash. Marcus Dash. 40. Marcus Dash. Marcus Dash. 40-yard dash. Marcus Dash. You run the 40. Marcus Dash. Welcome back to Running the 40. I'm your host, Marcus Dash. Today, we're talking to former NFL wide receiver Doug Gabriel. Gabriel was drafted by the Oakland Raiders in the fifth round of the 2003 draft out of the University of Central Florida. He spent the better part of his career in the Raiders organization before being traded to the New England Patriots. He went on to create the DG85 Foundation to help raise money for sickle cell research, as well as providing positive guidance for student athletes to help students get ahead on the fields, as well as in the classroom. We talk all things Raiders, and we get his game picks on the Raiders versus Bills game on Sunday. Definitely give it a listen. Hey, everybody. We're here with Doug Gabriel. Um, as a Chiefs fan, I, I hated going up against this guy, especially on kick returns. This guy, you, you never know what could happen, uh, taking a, one of the house uh, at any given moment. Uh, also former uh, Oakland Raider and former New England Patriot. Doug, how you doing, buddy? I'm good. How about yourself, sir? Good, man. Good, man. Just trying to get through these times. I, I hope uh, you and your family are all well during these times. Yes, we're good. We're doing real good. That's good to hear, man. You know, it's uh, one thing, you know, we got through the, the, the hard months of COVID. I know it's, it's still going on, but uh, now we got football season. So, you know, hopefully it, it gives more of a reason for people to stay at home and just watch, watch football on the weekends, not going out and doing stuff. Yeah, they give us something good. Yes, sir. Uh, so, okay, so we're going to jump right in with the questions here, man. So in, the, in 2004, you guys had high hopes for, for you all in that uh, 2004 season. What do you think uh, would have happened if uh, Rich Cannon hadn't gotten hurt in the beginning of that season? Oh, that would have been great. It's you know, everybody know you need a you need to start quarterback that, that is going to command you know command the field and stuff like that. So losing him and then we went through multiple quarterbacks that year kind of messed up a whole lot. So it messed up the whole game plan that year. Yeah, and uh, and kind of kind of with that, um, with like I guess. A year or two later, you guys had a, a very kind of stellar receiving core with you, Randy Moss, Jerry Porter, Ronald Curry. You can't forget Ronald Curry from UNC. That's four big, wide, four big fast wide receivers. How, I guess, in your years of playing in the NFL and when you're in college, how talented of a group was that? Well, you know, that that year we was we had we was rated as the number one receiving group in the NFL that year, and that was the great thing about that year. But it was just, you know, we everybody had a whole lot of high hope for us, and we was ready to go that season. And again, we went through the whole quarterback situation. Yeah, and that that was the, uh, I guess, and people remember Kerry Collins as kind of um, a guy who could, who could chuck it a mile, but as far as decision making, that was kind of up in the air, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. He, I mean, he, he had a great arm. I'll say. Between all the quarterbacks I played for, I love playing with Kerry because one, uh, most of my route was always deep anyway. You know, you know, I had all go routes, posts, deep ends, and stuff like that, and comeback. So that was one of the things that, you know, Terry was good at, and it helped us out. Right. 
Now, kind of with the carry call, so in 2005, that was the year you guys played New England on Monday night, first game of the season. What do you remember about, about that season and how hyped were you guys going into that season with the North Turner, with Kerry Collins, big arm and Lamont and all, and all those guys, how, how, how kind of hyped up were you guys going into that season, especially that game? You know, we was, we was real excited about this season because we felt like we had a great nucleus around us with the receiving core, the linemen, everyone's coming back and the, you know, with our defense, we just felt great because we all, came together that whole summer and worked, worked with each other. So we was real happy about that year. And also that year, you also had finally had like kind of a, kind of a mainstay at running back with Lamont Jordan finally being like a, like a bell cow ball carrier. Yes. And he was, he was a bruiser and we needed that because if we needed certain things, a big run or first down and stuff like that, Lamont was always giving us that. Right. And like, do you kind of see, I guess, trying to make like, with the Raiders nowadays, do you do you see kind of uh, Josh Jacobs in that similar kind of mold as Lamont Jordan? Yes, yeah, I see Josh. Uh, he's just like that, just like that. He's he's fast. He, he don't look it, but he's real fast. He's real talented. He got a, he's powerful, so he do run behind his pass, and it just loves seeing play. I mean, I've been loving watching the last couple of games. Right, and I guess uh, with, with the North Turner offense that you all had. Um, I guess it's kind of a different offense that we see now with North Turner. North Turner's running kind of a bread and butter kind of offense in Minnesota right now where they kind of give Dalvin Cook 30 carries a game. Now, is that dependent on the quarterback play with the way he's kind of just running his offense versus now than what he was doing with you guys back in the day? Um, back in the days, I, I felt like North was, you know, just watching him and being in meetings and stuff like that. His whole thing was trying to find out what was best for the team. And whatever was best for the team, North was always where create something that was great. And I, I loved him as an office coordinator because he did give me the biggest opportunity I had my, my second year. So second, third year at that, you know, he had faith in me and trusted me to go out here and make plays. And, you know, I appreciate him for doing that. And what, what was kind of the biggest difference from, I guess, the Bill Callahan offense to when you went to, with North Turner? What was the, what was the oh. biggest with, with, with Callahan's offense, it was more the West Coast. Um, small, you know, short routes, dink and dunks, um, side routes. Just, you know, if we ever do a, a deep ball, it was off of a busted coverage and stuff like that. So it was never, you know, get, you know, set things up and then try to take a shot here and there. It was just more so, you know, we just going to dink and dunk. Right. Yeah, a lot of motions. There was a lot of motions in the West Coast. It was a lot of changing. You can be the Z1 play, then you'll turn around and be the Zebra the next play. So it was always changing for us. So it's like you always had to be on your toes. Now, when you see, like, the West Coast offense when you played back then, and then when you see, I guess, Andy Reid's kind of hybrid West Coast offense where he's kind of implementing a lot of what you see in college with, like, especially the air raid offense from Texas Tech, kind of implementing that and doing this nouveau reach kind of uh, – um, West Coast offense. Do you do you think would you rather play with the offenses that were existing now than what you played back then? Um, yeah, um, yeah, because it was giving receivers more opportunity than just being okay. You're the deep route guy or you're the short route. It was everybody had to be consistent across the board. So you can be uh, you know motioning being the slot guy or you can be the outside guy. So it was giving them great opportunities. And seeing these seeing these guys play, and seeing some of the receivers now who's over six feet, 
because back when I was playing, there wasn't six feet, many six, two, six, three receivers back then. Now it's like, that's like a norm. That's a norm. So, and you see how these guys, they big, they fast, you know, they limber, they can go up and get the ball. They can, they can just, you know, get small, get small and everything. So I like it. I'm loving it. And I know as a former Ray, you're probably not big on watching Chiefs games, but I mean, just as a football fan, I mean, do you like, do you enjoy watching the Chiefs the way they run the offense? You know what? I'm not going to agree with I love the Chiefs, but that Mahomes, he's a, he's a, he's a, he's a, he's an athlete, man. You, you just got to love to see him play. If anybody says anything different, then they're, they're just been jealous. Me, I love watching them play, you know. Just seeing him just, man, it's just like fortune motion. It was just nice just to see him the way he's playing, you know, run one direction and can toss it the other direction, you know, him knowing where every player should be and stuff like that. It's it's amazing. It's it's like was basically like like watching Breeze, but it was like a new version type. You know what I mean? You know, it was a new version type to where he is like creating his own lane. He's not in the same lane as like Tom, Brady, or none of them, you know, Rivers, he's not doing anything. He's got his own lane, and it's, and it's working well for him. Well, it's working well for him and the, and the organization. So, you know, good job for him. And I know Al Davis was big on the long ball, and that was kind of his M.O. for years and years and years. Do you think if Al Davis was, was, was alive today, do you think he'd want a uh, Patrick Mahomes, or do you think he'd be rolling his grave right now, seeing that the Chiefs have a Patrick Mahomes and the Raiders don't have that? <laughs> Probably would because one thing about it, Al was always, you know, God rest so he was just more so. Al know football, and for the few conversations I had with him when I was playing, just you know, like me for him to tell me what I can bring to the table, and not thinking that, you know, it would come to pass, and it did. And you know, he would have loved it. He would have loved it because he was built. He loved speed. If you was like, like Sam Mahomes, he can run a ball, he can pass the ball. He can read. He can do it all. Seeing that, yeah, I would have loved to play like that. Um, yeah, kind of take it back to um, your, your playing days. So in 06, that's the year you got traded from Oakland to New England. Uh, but in that offseason, uh, Art Shell came on board. And it was kind of supposed to be like a, a big kind of renewed sense of, you know, the old days in Oakland, right? But then it kind of turned out to be a kind of a disaster. Uh, Jerry Porter was parking in uh, Art Shell's parking spot. Um, lots of things were happening. And I, I remember the uh, where uh, Jerry Porter wore a championship belt or something. A lot of stuff happened that offseason. What, what kind of happened with that with that Raiders team that year? I know you were only there till September, but what happened that year? Well, it was just more so I don't think everybody bought in. Everybody didn't buy in. Um, he, he felt like it was, you know, his way or no way, or he felt like, it had to be, and I hate to say it the way, it was going to be like the 1990s or 80s type coaching to where you want to practice three or four, three days, three days, you know, three times a day, um, stuff like that. And most players weren't going for it. Like they weren't going for it. And I'm not saying they were being rebellious, but it was like, you know, trying to, you know, talk to them and tell them, listen, coach, you know, that stuff didn't work. You, you, sit and run your pillars now, and then they get hurt and they injured and stuff like that. You don't know how he wasn't, he wasn't trying to hear. I don't know if he was just trying to uh, run people off or, you know, do certain things where he was trying to clean house or get back, 
get rid of he called bad apples and stuff like that. It just people weren't buying in. Uh, people buying. Because when I was in New England, I was getting calls from from Randy, JP, and RC. Just like, oh God, it go another week. <laughs> so it was like, oh, I say, man, I'm over here, and for me. I wanted to stay with the Raiders and stuff like that because I love the organization. I love the Raiders organization. I love the Davis family for giving me the opportunity and still, you know, being a part of my family's life today. Um, I didn't, you know, but it's a business, you know what I mean? Uh, and you kind of mentioned it being kind of an old school football, 80s and 90s. Um, but I remember when they called the Tom Walsh offense, the bed and breakfast offense, kind of how – I guess I, how how drastic and bad was that was that offense? I know you weren't there for too long, but what? <laughs> um, well, you know, overhearing certain players and stuff like that, they felt like it was like some stuff you'll do on like little league or high school. You know, it was just you know it was simple, and most players you'll hear them say, "Oh, you know, all you gotta do is Google like the a playbook," and that was coming up. You know, it wasn't it. They felt like it was no no type of creative juices going in the plays. It was just like, oh, here you go. So, yeah, that was that wasn't good. <laughs> that wasn't good. A lot of players talking about it. So you went from that that offense right to in that same year to New England. Uh, kind of talk to me about how the difference was going from Art Shell to Bill Belichick in that organization, especially in the peak of their dominance. Well, um. Um, going to the New England, going to New England, it was more so, you know, they conducted as a business. So they, they expectation, they expect you to do your job. They didn't feel like you was going to do what you want to do. They wanted you to do what's best for the team. And it, it opened my eyes for a whole lot because, you know, just seeing the way they was doing things and stuff like that, it was, you know, it was, for me, it was like new. You know, from being with the Raiders, them four years, it was like, oh, this is, was a big, big change. You know what I mean? Not saying we didn't work and stuff like that, but it was just, it was just, everybody was trying to be better and help each other out to be better. You know, like when I was at the Raiders, our receiver group made each other better. You know, for us, we felt like if you won two, three, or four, we everybody wanted to be one. So it was always like a competition. You know, and you win that day you be one that day, you know, next day, you know what I mean? So it was always a competition. That's how it was in New England. As a receiver corps with the Raiders, we did that every, every day. I don't, I can't say anything about any other group, but as a receiver corps with the Raiders, that's what we did. And that's how New England expect everybody to do. Ah, I see. And what was it like playing with Brady and Belichick? I mean, just, do you have any stories with those two? Well, playing with playing with Tom was 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 for me, is just the trust he had in you, and the belief he had in you, and stuff like that. And for him to sit and come talk to you and say, "Hey, we need you here. We need you there." Like it was always not saying, "You know, you need me." It was always, "We need you," and stuff like that. And that became part of your vocabulary when you see a player. You know, if he mess up and stuff like that, we would always say, "Hey, come on." You know, we need you. So it was always became everybody's, you know, vocabulary. And then with, with uh, Belichick, it was like, you know, great, great genius mastermind on when it come down to coaching and stuff like that. You know, I just, the conversation was very, very, very short with everybody. 
You know, it was like everything was short. Just like, like his interviews, I see his interview now, it's like, oh, that's like a conversation me and him had. You know, it was real short. So it was like, you know, and for me, you know, I'm a family-oriented person, and every coach I had, it was like we always had conversation. We sat down, we joked and stuff like that. We had to have, when we did business, we did business. But when it wasn't business, we all had conversation, asking questions about, you know, one's family and stuff like that. So we get to know each other, you know, because I felt like if a coach does do that for you, you'll run through a wall for him. And I don't think he did that because it just felt like, you know, his system works. Everybody want to play for him. Right. And then, you know, for me, I just felt that whole distance was, wasn't good. Interesting. And it was uh, McDaniels the offensive coordinator at that time? Yeah. Yes. And yes, Josh was the offensive coordinator, and I loved him. I loved him. He he had a package for each player. He had a package for each player, and it was like, good God, you know, like I was like, man, between you and North, I'm both of them are my number ones as OCs. I'm not gonna lie, they both are number ones as my OCs because they knew how to look at a player, see see how the player runs and stuff like that. He did develop a package for that guy. Like, do you when, – when seeing how he's kind of adapted the, play, the playbook now from Brady to Cam, are you not surprised? That's what, jo- that's what just Josh – No, no, I'm not surprised. He, that's just who he is. He will, he will see and know what you can do and benefit the team, and he will put that package together, and you will you'll be successful with it. Wow. Yeah, because – uh, you see, you see, if you see the offense now in New England, there was nothing that Brady would do. Nothing what Brady would do, but that's what he does. That's that's what you call, I feel. That's what you call a great coach, you know, a mastermind to where he figures out what he has and he works with what he got, and it be it's success. And I didn't, I didn't watching the game between them and the Raiders. I didn't know which who to go for, but would go for. But my team was is the Raiders, right? So. Got to go with yeah. – I got to go with my heart was – what my heart is. <laughs> and, like, when, from the time you got traded to New England, that was, like, that was early September, you, you were automatically installed into that offense. Was that hard for you to kind of get a hold of that playbook and it play right away? Because I think it was a week or two no. after you got traded. The crazy part about that, like, I didn't know I got traded. We was getting ready to play a game. We was getting ready to play Seattle by last preseason game. And I remember Freddie B coming and talking to me and – you know, because of the relationship we had, like it was more of an emotional conversation. And he telling me, "Hey, uh, you're not planning that." I'm like, "Coach, I don't know what you're talking about, Coach. I'm I'm feeling great. I'm ready to go." You know, I said, "Me, me, Randy, JP, and uh, RC, we're ready. I'm just ready to get out here and get going." He's like, "No, what I'm trying to tell you is, you're no longer a part of the organization. We, you've been traded. My jaw just dropped." And it was bittersweet, and next thing I knew, the game was over. We're flying back to Oakland. Car service there. I go to uh, San Francisco, take a red eye, get to Boston, take a physical, and during uh, the whole time waiting for the physical to be done, I'm looking, reading, trying to go through this playbook. Wow. It was like, I was like, oh, I guess this, and that's when I was like, yeah, this is a business. It was a business, and knowing I was part of the the Raiders, you know, game plan to be going to New England. Now it's like, I got to learn all this stuff. And it was like, God, that was crazy. Because remember, you know, the four years I was, I had Callahan, North Turner, Art, so I had 
four play, I had three playbooks. Now I'm going to my fourth one in five years. So it's like, oh, yeah. So four and five years, uh, thinking about thinking about the fact that I had, I don't know, geez, what, 15 total quarterbacks? <laughs> and then going to quarterback, quarterback in New England was like, oh, this is going to be crazy. It's going to be fun because now he knows me. I know the way he throws and stuff like that. You're getting the whole camaraderie going. It's like, oh, okay. So that was – I was excited about that part, but I was real hurt that I felt like I had to leave my family. Right. But, again, it was a business. Man. And, I, and I guess there's more stability for you because it, it wasn't like a quarterback carousel over there. You knew who your guy was, and that was going to be it, barring any injury. So I guess that was a that was a blessing for you. Yes. Yeah, it was. It was. Uh, so – Going on the Raiders right now, I know you say you're still a big Raider fan. It's still part of your family. Um, what are your thoughts on the Raiders' season so far, and what do you think about Derek Carr and that kind of the future there? You know what? Um, Carr is Carr is a quarterback. Um, I think that, you know, everybody goes through, you know, ups and downs and stuff like that. But I think they got a great stable, a solid team. I think they have a great solid team. People don't believe it, but I believe that they can push and get into the playoffs and probably deep into the playoffs. You know, if they all understand that, you know, they need to work with each other instead of just doing your thing and he's doing their thing, you know, and leave the media. You know, I'll always say leave the media out of it. You know, just leave the media out of it, you know. You have to talk to them, you know, say what you have to say, but keep it short. Don't get all involved into it and stuff like that because, sir, you know, you know, negative negativity sells. You know, negativity sells. People don't want to see, hear, and see anything positive. So negative always sells, and that was one of the things that I feel. If the Raiders just stay away from all the negative, they'll be great. Like I'm, I'm ready to them to open up the stadium so I can go in there. You know, like we they sent us our you know community bricks. They gave us all bricks and stuff like that. Listen, I was so excited about that one. <laughs> I was so excited. That's like that's why I say like I love the organization because it's like a family, and to do that and you don't have to. Oh God, like you know, especially to let my son sees that and stuff like that is amazing. For sure, and I know that like you know Gruden comes from that like that Mike Holmgren, Andy Reid tree. So they always they're they're big on their quarterbacks and their guys, right? And I guess Derek Carr was not his guy. So I guess one thing you say leave the media out of it, but. I guess let's say the Raiders, let's say you go six and ten or seven and nine, they don't make the playoffs. Do if you're the Raiders and you're Gruden, do you go? Do you look for your next guy, or do you go to the draft and draft a quarterback high and let him compete with Carr, or what, what do you do about that situation? Um, knowing knowing that situation, that might happen because Gruden does want to groom his guy, okay. stuff like that, and he used to doing stuff like that, so. You know, a zebra never changes stripes. So, you know, that's one of the things that I know I'll be like, oh, well, but I know Gruden, that's what he loved, and he's a great mastermind because, remember, Callahan offense was his offense. They won the Super Bowl. You can't run offense. That just don't work. (laughs) So, um, that's one of the things, like, you know, he's going to figure it out. He's going to figure it out. All right, now let's shift away a little bit from football for a second here. Uh, so since your playing career, you launched the, uh, the Doug Gabriel 85 Foundation, G- DG 85 Foundation. 
I it just go, go to your website and kind of looking through that and your Facebook page. Uh, it looks like, like phenomenal stuff. Uh, can you kind of talk to us a little bit about that? Oh uh, yeah, my, you know my foundation started back in 2004 um, when I, you know, my son went through a he had to have a blood transfusion and he was having a sickle cell crisis. So I felt like I wanted to figure out more and so I could help my son out. So I started doing more stuff with like the Morris Clinic with sickle cell research and stuff like that. So I really dived into that and I was trying to figure out more ways to help. So it was like more so like them. It was more so trying to help other families who was less fortunate get, you know, have the money to pay for the treatment, the services that they needed. So we started that and it kind of branched off into doing camps for the kids and stuff like that, speaking, and it just became phenomenal for us, for me and my family. And then we started a, we started, we started a, um, you know, we started just doing camps and then I started coaching. Um, you know, we started figuring out money to help out with little leagues because it was just more giving back. And I said, you know, once I'm retired, this is what I want to do. And actually that's what I'm doing is out here coaching little league. I started a seven on seven travel football team because I don't know if you know, if anybody know, it's just the fact that most college coaches now, because it's so big on win, 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 they don't get an opportunity to go out and visit schools and stuff like that during the season. So, you know, they get more time in like spring and stuff like that. So a lot of more kids, especially skilled guys, get recruited from like seven on seven and stuff like that. And when college coaches look at film, they look in between the tackles. So, you know, we started that three years ago and, and now we, in the last three years, we put in over 35 kids in the college. Wow. So, I, you know, it's just more so I want to keep doing it and stuff like that. Now I'm here, you know, I volunteer with my brother with his team. And because I stepped away from coaching once I started my 707 because they wouldn't allow me to do 707 if I was a head coach because I was head coach for five seasons. So I stepped away from that and then I volunteered with my brother. And we're helping his team out now, as you probably all can see them. I don't know if you can see them down there. Oh, yeah. Them down there getting ready for a game and stuff like that. So that's one of the things that, you know, I just love being around these kids, giving them opportunities that I didn't have. That's awesome. And, 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 and that's you're based out of the uh, Orlando area? Yeah, we're based out of the Orlando area. And also we, with that 707, and not only we do that, we also do college tours also. So and it's not just for just young men. It's also for young for females too. That's so awesome. we do all. So we do college tours. Uh, do speaking engagements. Just just trying to give back. Just trying to give back. That's awesome. And you know, it's one of those, one of those things. You know, you see in the current climate that's going on right now. You see a lot a lot of this. But you've been doing this since '04. Since you know, since you you know, since you had a voice in the league and a platform. And that, that's fantastic, man. So yeah. I'm trying to use it. I mean, you know, I talked to Drake Florence. That's one of my guys. And he started his a couple of years ago. And I think he started in the back. So that's was like, yeah, I think this is something going to be. And this is one of the reasons what makes me coach right now. There go my brother. Hey there. What's going on there, buddy? How you doing? Good, how are you? <laughs> so, all right. Yeah. So, so that's one of the things. That's awesome, man. So we're going to go to the final segment here. Um, the show is called Running the 40 with Marcus Dash. So first question I ask every guest is what was your fastest 40 time? My fastest 40 time was a 429. 
Woo. That, is that, was that Pro Day or Combine? That was uh, Combine. No, I'm sorry. It was Pro Day. Damn. Okay. So t- tell me, uh, it's a good question. Why is it that every player's uh, Pro Day is usually faster than their Combine time? Um, because we put so much press on us. Like, my Combine time, I think, it was a 449. The fastest I ran a four four nine, I ran a five a four five one, and I think we put too much press on us. Then the muscles tend to give out because of all the training we was doing to try to get ready for it and put so much stress on ourselves, and you know we tend to tweak a muscle here and there because I tweaked my hamstring and it was just mm. it was like all bad. You started thinking negative, like yeah, you know what I mean, like well we able to do this, we're not gonna be able to do that. It was like you know, just go out there and do just go out there and do your job. Go out there and, and do what you know know you can do. Go out there and have fun. That's good advice right there. <laughs> um, okay, so moving on. So how did you score your first ever NFL touchdown, and who was it against? Say that again? How did you score your first NFL touchdown, and who was it against? Kickoff return against San Diego Chargers. Gabriel takes it at the 15. Reverses field. Finds some running room. Now to the outside, and this could be a touchdown. No one will catch him, and another return for a touchdown by the Raiders. 85 yards. Who is a better return man, you or Phil Buchanan? P-Buck was. Phil was. All right. Um, your first receiving touchdown came against who? First receiving touchdown. Jesus. Uh, was it the Eagles? It was uh, a week one against Pittsburgh. Uh, Ganthro bombed Pitt- Yeah, Pittsburgh. Yeah. Yeah, because I – and that was on Pal- Palomalo. He jumped on the route. We ran it. Here you go. Uh, it was a double move? It was a double move, and All he right. jumped. Steeler. But then Gannon, pump fakes, and Doug Gabriel blowing his horn, blowing. Boy, the Steelers still have trouble with the DB, don't yes. they? What team did you score your first touchdown against with the Patriots? First touchdown against with the Patriots. Oh, God. Uh, it was a former division rival of yours. Former? Oh, uh, was it Denver? Yeah, it was Denver. Yeah, it was Denver. You, you scored one <laughs> touchdown that game. Yeah, different. Win with Caldwell wide to the near side. Brady back to throw. Steps up, steps up. Fires to the back of the end zone. Touchdown. Great catch by Doug Gabriel in the back of the end zone. And the Denver Broncos have finally allowed a touchdown. A great catch. And that's when uh, Brandon was there. Brandon Marshall was there. He was a young pup, and he was he would he wasn't um, he was just like he was like, bro, they not giving my opportunity. I say you're gonna get your opportunity. Good enough, it came. Are you close with a lot of the guys from the UCF, all the other former USC, UCF players? Yeah, 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 yes. Yeah. Real okay. close. So that leads to my next question here. So when you were drafted in 2003, you were the first UCF player that the Raiders ever drafted. Since you, the Raiders have only drafted one more UCF player. Who was that? Oh, God. Running back, Tate. Uh, Latavius? Latavius. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Latavius Murray. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it was funny, too, because I looked at the numbers. You were the 
fifth ever uh, UCF receiver ever drafted. And since you, five UCF receivers have been drafted in the, in the league. Yeah. Mike Walker, you had uh, Perriman. Yeah. Um, God, it was – can't remember the other ones, but I know them too because we all were 11. Oh, you had my, my young pup, uh, Gabe Davis. Uh, he was just drafted, right? I, I coached him on my, in 707. Oh, wow. Okay. That, that's a, something for you. That's awesome. It, it, now, is, is he the only player that, you, that you've coached that, uh, that's made to the league so far? Uh, no, um, yes, yes. That's, that's pretty good right there, man. It's, and it, that doesn't happen for everybody, so that's, uh, that's, that's solid. Okay, so final question for you. I, I have two questions, actually, in this one. So give me a prediction for Sunday. We have Raiders and Bills, and we have Chiefs and Patriots, both your former teams going up against pretty uh, good competition this weekend. I'm going with the Raiders, and hopefully my young pup, uh, Gabe, can – Get in there and do some work, but I'm going with my Raiders, and I'm going with Kansas City. Okay, what, what, what's your what's your reason for the Raiders, and what's your reason for the Chiefs? What's your overall um, reason? Because I'm loyal to my family. <laughs> and with the Patriots and Chiefs, I just think Mahomes just he he just he's on a roll right now. He's on a roll right now, and that offense is clicking. And it's like, yeah, I got to go with you know, I got to go with Vegas on this one. Smart move, smart move. All right, uh, Doug, thanks for thanks a lot for coming on, man. Um, I hope to talk to you again about some uh, future game analysis uh, down, down, down the road in the season. Uh, but I really appreciate you coming on. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.